0: everybody. I'm August Bryce. Welcome to the Thriving with Technology podcast. This one is a really, really good one, and I'm so happy that you've joined me today. We were at a global electromagnetic hypersensitivity conference in England, and we were out in the middle of nowhere where there were no EMF, and it was gorgeous. You'll hear throughout the podcast, birds chirping and the sounds of falling rain. So just keep that in context as you're listening. Also today, it's really, really, important that you know that this is a glimpse into the future. This might not concern you right now, but believe me, these are people who were completely healthy and normal and then just got around a little too much wireless energy. It could happen to you. It did happen to me. And I think of this, especially in the world of autoimmunity, is something that we ought to have our eyes open and our ears open to hear. So if you or someone you love has been having some weird, unexplained symptoms, or if you have an autoimmune issue, please listen carefully. I think this could be really helpful for you. And uh, if you have questions, reach out to us on techwellness.com. We also have an extensive write-up there. I'm here in the southern countryside of England, way out in the middle of nowhere. Literally, we drove for miles off the main road to get to this very remote location at a beautiful place called Sedgwick House that is just about EMF free. Now, why that's important is because today I'm here for this conference on Electromagnetic Hypersensitivity, or ES, and it's really for people who are sensitive to electromagnetic radiation, and today, three of the world's top scientists are here to tell us how this electromagnetic radiation is affecting our bodies and why it's affecting our bodies. And I'm super excited to share this information with you. Now, you've heard me talk a lot about EHS or ES, electromagnetic sensitivity, because I've got it and I've got a mild form, but it's hard to really grasp just exactly what it is until you hear the stories and the symptoms of many people who are plagued with it every day.
1: Basically, I was visiting the doctors, saying, I feel really, really unwell.
0: So he was working at British Telecom, first installing Wi-Fi routers in people's homes. And then later, he was transferred to performing maintenance on cell phone towers. Now, that exposed him to high levels of wireless energy.
1: It's, it's just gradually got worse and worse. I was going to the doctor saying, look, I'm in these areas and I'm thinking there's something seriously wrong going on Mm -hmm. with the chemistry inside me, Mm -hmm. you know, and he's just diagnosed it as eczema, severe eczema, uh, autoimmune disease.
0: And Ryan Warren began noticing symptoms when a new Wi-Fi was installed. I suddenly get all these strange sensations in my head, you know, and uh, prickling on my face and at first I thought, hmm, what's this all about? Jason really started feeling symptoms in his late teens when he was doing what a lot of kids all over the world do today, talking on his phone, working on his phone, and gaming on his phone.
2: I started just feeling a bit stiff, like in my bones, Mm -hmm. and I've always been a very flexible Like flexible person, I've always been quite like uh, subtle, is it? And I've been limber and everything, really fast. fast. But yeah, I guess it was um, just a bit of clickiness. I felt like a bit of clickiness, and yeah, like why am I at 19 feeling stiff and achy? That should be like I shouldn't need to go and do yoga. Like I've been getting. um, It might be linked to just bad neck and like spine, because obviously. Like, I I know my channels are blocked going down my back of the head into my neck and I know that my teeth have a few problems and it's all sort of starting to, I'm getting feelings in the back of my head which I've never had before so now the the whole saga has, my anxiety levels have gone up
0: John's an EMF activist who's been working hard to spread the word in hopes of having cell phone towers moved away from places where people live. He too feels his body change when he's in the wake of electromagnetic energy.
3: Sleeplessness is the first time. Fatigue. That's my excuse I give to the wife for the (laughs) housewife. Fatigue. Peripheral tingling is one my legs frequently itch and tingle Mm. and so those are that that's how it affects me and then in during the day i have to take a nap an hour precisely an hour and 15 minutes that's how i know that it is not just ordinary biological Mm. aging process
0: Now over the years I've probably talked to 50 people or so who say they experience the same things and time after time I hear that it was right after a new Wi-Fi was installed or a smart meter. I got a new router from British Telecom and I was on my laptop and the router was here and I realized after I'd been on it for a computer for about half an hour I got a bad headache and I'd get a pressure in my ears and it would get really quite intense and that would lead onto a headache and it would feel like my head was in, it was in a vice, it was being compressed. It was amazing to speak to these people who are suffering from severe EHS. Many of them could sense if there was a Wi-Fi on nearby or if someone had just brought a cell phone into the room. Now, I'm EMF sensitive and my superpowers or sensitivities allow me to know when a phone is on when I touch it. And honestly, I do wake up if the Wi-Fi is switched on when I'm sleeping. And I typically do get a ringing in my ears when I'm exposed to Wi-Fi energy for, you know, any length of time. But the sensitivity I encountered at this gathering was on a whole different level. And I think we may be seeing the tip of the iceberg. Again, common symptoms of EHS include headaches, concentration difficulties, sleep problems, depression, rashes, lack of energy, and flu-like symptoms. Dr. Magda Havis from Trent University did her postgraduate research at Cornell, and she's been a leader in the study of EHS. We've got a link to a great conversation with Magda Havis on techwellness.com. Now, while most of us don't have any sensitivity to EMF yet, there's no doubt electromagnetic radiation, and that's the stuff emanating from all manner of wireless, has a biological effect on our bodies. Study after study confirms it. And more and more research is connecting to specific outcomes of radiation exposure. Demetrius Panagopoulos, who presented research at the event, has authored 33 research studies in this area, and he believes that we shouldn't be asking the question, if electromagnetic radiation can harm us, but instead, how can we limit our risk by limiting our exposure?
1: Modern telecommunication microwave radiations uh, are very bioactive. DNA damage is the worst scenario, and uh, unfortunately, these type of radiations they do cause DNA damage. This is shown by many studies now.
0: Dr. George Carlo was also at the symposium. He literally wrote the book, the very first book, on the dangers of wireless radiation in America. George is also concerned about the continued explosive growth of EMF radiation exposure. But he believes at some point, the US government will have to step in and limit our exposure.
4: I mean, we've done it before. We have regulatory structures that we use to clean the air clean the water, make consumer products safe. So we have a framework uh, that we can work within to make positive changes. The thing that I'm most concerned about is that the, the challenges are maybe bigger and growing uh, more than we realize, um, I, I worry a lot about the psychological addiction, about the physical addiction component. You know, the biological effects, the DNA damage, all that. That's that's now we've been studying this for 30 years, and we understand that. But in terms of those more uh, those impacts on our next generations. Uh, they're not being studied we have only anecdotal information and I think that's where we are going to need to focus our our efforts um, Uh, as well as with these biological effects, these areas that we've already been able to solve, like air pollution, water pollution, that kind of thing.
0: And there's Professor Uli Johansson. He's from the Karolinka Institute in Stockholm, Sweden, and he has also spent decades studying electromagnetic radiation. He consults with the World Health Organization on the issue as well. I think you'll love what he said in his presentation when he reminded us that electromagnetic radiation, that's the stuff from Wi-Fi, cell phones, and Bluetooth signals, is classified as a possible carcinogen. But it doesn't raise the same concerns for some reason as other toxins that the World Health Organization has put in the exact same danger classification. Here's what he said. If you told parents that you were going to have DDT, diesel fuel, welding fumes and organic solvents dispensed into their kids classroom, you'd have a riot. But if you say the class will have a very powerful Wi-Fi, they say, "Oh good. Think about it. It's profound." And and the thing is, most people just don't have any kind of sense of the potential harm. I mean, we have a good friend who had her Wi-Fi positioned right at her feet under her desk. And we talked about moving it a number of times. And of course, she said, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you'd have to call a cable guy and he'd have to move it to the other side of the house. So she just didn't do it. But then one day, her dog, who laid at her feet all day, lost her hearing, and her own toes started tingling. And that was the day she realized that things had to change. My point of view, and it's shared by a lot of scientists, is to enact something called the precautionary principle, which is basically, since we don't know exactly how much of this wireless energy is safe to be around, better to be safe than sorry. And exercise, whoa, precaution. Don't stand next to a Wi-Fi. Wire up to the internet whenever you can. Tell schools no Wi-Fi in the classroom and maybe even try the idea, I like this one, of sharing a Wi-Fi in a condo or an apartment building and try to stick to those lower power Wi-Fi's. Keep your phone in airplane mode as much as possible. Basically limit this energy as much as you can. And that's what Uli thinks too. He has seen progress in the time he has been studying the issue and he thinks it's really up to all of us to tell people what's happening.
5: Uh, you know, I'm actually very positive about the future because things definitely are happening, like nine countries around the world that are putting different forms of bands on wireless technologies in schools, and in parallel to this, scientists try to come up with new solutions, both uh, from a socio-behavioral point of view, how we actually use these gadgets and when we use them and for what, but also new technologies new solutions so I think around the corner we will see a new revolution and with 5g 6g and so on let's make it safe
0: well like you said it just takes conversation
5: yes indeed yeah
0: each one of us can create awareness
5: yes and spread the message uh, make people start thinking put the seeds into the mental soil and see where it leads us
0: Because there's, what, thousands and thousands of research studies? Oh, yes, indeed. There's so
5: very many, you know. So there's no dispute about there are very serious effects, and we just need to change this scenario and make it safe.
0: The conference was an intensive look at the state of the research on electromagnetic radiation and the effects, but beyond the science, really the most powerful part of the weekend for me was having the chance to hear the stories of people suffering from electromagnetic hypersensitivity, EHS. So, should we be thinking of them as our early warning system, our canary in the coal mine, if you will, these are people who show us very clearly what the implications of continued unbridled exposure to man-made EMF can do.
2: I mean, at the end of the day, we sh- they shouldn't be irradiating us at the levels they are. I should be able to go home to a radiation-free environment. I shouldn't have to, have to go home and then be like, oh fuck, I want to sleep in the garden now because my head's hurting. Like, there's a difference between me in the garden and in my house. That mm-hmm. shouldn't be the you know what I mean, like if, yes. it makes you feel like you have a hangover. Now I'm having to sort of like watch everything I eat, watch what I smoke, watch this, watch that. I'm having to live like a yogi now because there's so much crap being thrown at me. I'm having to live like a, like a bloody Buddha. And I don't want to live like a Buddha. I
0: got in touch with uh, British Telecom mm-hmm. because you can't actually turn it off yourself. You had to actually go um, centrally to British Telecom to make sure that the, the router isn't actually uh, putting out Wi-Fi, even if you've cabled it. So they showed me how I could do that. And, um, you know, I've been a lot better. Now, I wouldn't expect that you would have noticed any relief just in one day. But here we are in an EMF-free environment. Yeah. Did you feel any better today?
1: I'll be honest with you. I got, I've been going away recently and leaving my partner and children at home for like a weekend or one day or night, staying out in in, uh, in areas where there is no broadband or Wi-Fi. My phone doesn't work, for instance. And I've realised, oh, I'm not itching tonight. So, awesome. When I go home on the Sunday night. I'm in the house for one hour, sitting on the in, in, in the living room, and the itching comes back. It's mm. incredible.
3: And then, of course, avoid as much of this wireless technology as possible, what and keep it, it away from the kids.
0: I agree. And so, but uh, do you have a cell phone? You use no. No. Uh, no.
3: Nope, okay. nope. Wow. I I was given a cell phone. Actually, I've been given three, mm. and I must in in all that time I have made. I've received several calls and that's all I can say. And the first time it hurt my ear. And I thought, yeah. this is nuts. Why would I why would I want to hurt myself? Why would my ear burn after using a telephone? No, this isn't for me. So I've I've luckily avoided it. Common sense.
0: Good for you. Yeah, yeah. That's very intense and very unusual. Yeah. So you're, you're certainly walking your talk.
3: Well, that's strict. that's the point of the issue, you know. You can only be who you are. And that's I'm trying to protect my fellow man just as much as I would like someone to help and protect me if, mm-hmm. if at all possible. But I think most human beings, if you can't see it, it doesn't affect you. And this is the biggest lie that has ever been told to humanity, and it's around the world now
2: like i was I was unaware, no one made me aware. I had to sort of go through a lot of crap and and go and spend money on holistic doctors here and this and that and that, all sorts of stuff. Yeah? to just realize that it was nothing it's not it's not me it's them it's, it's the, the environment yes. the environment has become inferior i'm all right i'm an, you know what i mean so like i can go and i can rest in a frequency free zone and i'm fine happy as larry sleeping waking up and singing you know what i mean you know okay. that stuff you haven't done in a while and you're wow. like oh wait i am still there You know what I mean? I am still there, and it's like, it it suppresses everything in a way.
0: That's an interesting point of view. There's nothing wrong with me. There's something wrong with the environment. Now from my anecdotal experience, people who develop EHS seem to develop it after an intense or long-term exposure to wireless radiation, typically the Wi-Fi. And once again, here are the facts. There's no doubt. There's a biological effect from radiation sources. And even if we don't feel it right away, research tells us this radiation exposure is cumulative. It's kind of like how the sunlight affects our skin over our lifetime. And that's why I've said for years, the less, the better. If you don't have any of these symptoms, count yourself lucky. I think it's actually really easy to limit your exposure, by the way. We've got tips on the website, techwellness.com, and they include simple stuff like turning off your Wi-Fi at night and keeping electronics out of the bedroom. And maybe more difficult, but I think super important, get the Wi-Fi out of your kids' schools. Thanks for listening. Until next time, I'm August
4: Bryce. Be well. You've been listening to Thriving with Technology, the podcast from techwellness.com. If you enjoyed the program, please share it with a friend and like it on the iTunes store. For more information about mindful living with technology, visit us anytime at techwellness.com.